Chapter 21 Little Thieves Edo and Bosch, Fall 2355 Teddy paced back and forth, punching his right fist over and over into his left palm. He couldn't understand how Miriam could be so calm after reading the transcripts from the court. He continued to murmur under his breath, The bastard, the bastard. From her place sitting in one of the soft chairs in their living room, Miriam frowned. Teddy, settle yourself. You aren't helping anyone pacing like that. But Miriam, what he did. Are you just realizing this? I told you about her scars just after she arrived. Who did you think gave them to her? You saw her neck and her body the first day. Miriam's voice had the edge to it that I got when Teddy was being obtuse. You knew. Not the details, but I don't need the details, Theodore Bosch. While this was several measures worse, this sort of thing happens to some women daily. And for those women who are enslaved, perhaps a little more push to end trafficking and a little less male posturing? Teddy growled. He knew she was right. She always was. Let's go to Edo this week. I'll clear my calendar. Miriam smiled. Now that's a fine idea. Takai sat up in bed, in the cabin in the foothills of Mizuyama, and looked at the dyad of mother and child. Kat slept in a sea curve, her body protectively around Gray, whose little arms and legs were spread and relaxed, though her face was still nuzzled close to Kat's breast. His eyes traveled over Kat's naked form, and while that trip usually brought him desire and delight, Tonight it was filled with pain as he saw her flesh through a different lens, one that saw the origin of the hundreds of tiny scars that covered her skin and the end of the larger scar that started at her collarbone and snaked up her neck until it disappeared into the fold where her shoulder met her chin as she lay on her side. He had avoided reading the transcripts for the first five days of the trial, but last evening he felt compelled to know the story, and once Cat and Gray had drifted off, he had stayed up late reading them in bed as the people he loved most slept blissfully next to him. His dreams had been disturbing and violent. In them, he had killed Abernathy over and over again, but he just kept springing back to life and laughing an evil laugh. Takai awoke sweating. He had never killed anyone, and though he had never told her, his shot into Kal had been a wild one and only struck the guard by luck. He'd never in his life thought about raining such violence down on another person. The way taught that violence was never the solution. He didn't know how Cat and other Bosch slept so well. He meditated a bit, and it helped. When he had finished his meditation, he decided that to keep Cat and their daughter safe, he would stay with them continuously. He knew Cat would balk at his constant presence, but if that was what it took, he would do it, at least until Abernathy was securely imprisoned. Yumiko Shima turned off her device. She couldn't bear to see any more news of the Abernathy trial, though it was all anyone in the village could talk about. The testimony was lurid and grisly, and so naturally it caught the attention of, well, everyone. And while the Shima name was not attached to it, given the anonymity, she was appalled that the pirate had aired all her dirty laundry to that prosecutor. Yes, it was unfortunate what had happened to her, but there was a reason some people were selected through the way to become thralls. They were meant for that life. The way balances things, some must suffer to pave the way for others. It was about the greater good, and likely there was a great deal of exaggeration in her supposed testimony. 
she was a pirate, and pirates could not be relied upon to tell the truth. And Senator Abernathy had always been very charming and perfectly appropriate and polite the two times she had met him. She made herself another cup of tea. The more she contemplated it, the more aggravated she became. How did the pirate not realize what a disadvantage she was creating for Yumiko's granddaughter? To have a thrall for a mother was bad enough, but the pirate displayed it on her arm for all to see. Yumiko had no love for tattoos, the artwork of the criminal element. But if the pirate was going to have them, she should at least cover up that brand. Perhaps she still wanted to be thought of as a thrall. Perhaps. Yumiko thought long and hard about what would be the best for her granddaughter. Takai was a handsome, talented, well-educated man, and a capable father, and as yet still unmarried. One of the few things she agreed with the pirate on. Best to keep the ties loose. But it would not be enough just to separate the two of them, no. The pirate would take sweet Aika Gray away from her homeland of Edo if they were to separate. Yumiko would not have that. She saw only one solution. She used her personal device to connect to a contact she had, who knew some unsavory characters. A few comms later, and she was speaking to someone who, for a price, could make her problem go away. She is an escaped thrall. I expect she should be returned, Yumiko said, her conviction growing with each word. She listened to the voice on the other side of her device. Winter is fine. The distance from the trial would make Takai less overprotective. More discussion from the other side. Yes, she said into the device. Payment will be sent in advance. I just need her to be gone from Ito. More discussion came to her from the distance. Yes, I'll await your instructions. Rob Abernathy sat in his opulent study in New Detroit, sipping on a glass of deep, rich wine. He had been allowed to move here until sentencing and had been allowed to utilize his own force as his guards. Reston had protested both allowances, but he naturally did not have the influence Rob did. This whole trial was a colossal inconvenience. He'd been close to his run-up for the presidency, and then that cunt and Reston had shown up, posturing about justice and requiring a deferral of the run. He had to tip his hat to Reston for getting the cunt out of town so quickly, as he had immediately sent some of his men to seek her out and bring her to him for dispatching, only to find her gone. He positioned some of his people in Bosch to find her, a task made difficult by the absence of her name and of any photograph or really any other information about her other than that she claimed to be Bosch. Unsurprisingly, she never turned up. Still, they would stay in place and provide him with updates as he desired. And he had some of his own contacts there, some very highly placed. The guilty verdict was a problem to be sure, but not an insurmountable one. Regular people have poor memories because most are stupid and will believe that those who are smart and powerful tell them is true. Regular people have poor memories because most are stupid and will believe what those who are smart and powerful tell them is true. He had laid the groundwork during the trial, knowing he could not push things too far given the physical evidence from Bell Coast. But he made sure to speak sweetly of poor Mary and give a nod and a wink to the other gentlemen in the room as he explained that there romance, just had a few unconventional aspects that were as pleasing for her as they were for Rob. And he made sure to look aggrieved at her distress when Rob called a halt to the relationship. After all, Rob was a married man. It was clear, he pointed out to the courtroom, that distress and jealousy were what brought on her accusations. 
But what could a man do? Women became attached and acted irrationally. He grinned to himself at how easily the entire room had been influenced. He had never given a lot of thought to how his thralls came to him, but this trial had shown a light on the trafficking industry, and Rob Abernathy knew an opportunity when he saw one. There would be a push to break up a few rings and jail a few ringleaders. That would leave a power vacuum, and a place for Rob to flex some power. But he would not be able to fully flex that power if he went to prison, so favors would have to be called in. Enough of his Senate colleagues had availed themselves of the pleasures of Bell Coast over the years. He was sure he could find a few who could press the judge for a more favorable sentence. Casey, he called to his assistant who had been fortunate to be off Bell Coast when the FA teams had arrived. I need you to place a few calls for me. He poured himself another glass of wine and smiled. Phil Reston sat in his living room, alone as the children were with his ex-wife. His tie was off, his shirt unbuttoned, and a third whiskey was in his hand as he looked at his calm. He had to call Cat before the sentence was read in court. He owed her that, given that he had completely failed her otherwise. Almost everything leading up to this was a success. The arrest, just enough flash to let people know that this was serious. The evidence collected at Bell Coast, while macabre, was sure to swing a jury, and the trial itself by and large went his way. Granted, the defense attempted to impugn Kat and her testimony, but they received solid guilty verdicts on all counts, save the murder one, as the defense had claimed that one of Abernathy's overseers, a Henry Ornton, was responsible for the deaths and wanted him prosecuted as Abernathy was aggrieved to find that abuse had occurred. Bye-bye, Henry. But this joke of a sentence? He pushed the button and heard her voice after the first buzz. Can't be good or you would have called sooner. He gave a mirthless laugh. It isn't good. I had to have whiskey times three. He realized he was slurring a bit, but he knew Cat would forgive him that. What about everything else he had promised and failed to deliver? Could that be forgiven? Okay, Phil. I'm putting you on speaker so Takai and Mama and Papa can hear as well. Phil heard voices in the background. No, Papa, not a word. Let Phil just get through it all. A few more distant comments that Phil couldn't quite hear occurred, followed by shushing sounds. Then Cat was back. Let's hear it. Phil took a deep breath. For the charges of receipt of stolen property, two years house arrest. For the charges of racketeering, suspended. For the charge of manslaughter, suspended. For the charges of fraud, five years of no contact with any FA governmental official, no political office to be held during those five years. There was no sound from the comm for a full minute. Then Kat's voice came through, but now was off speaker. He gets to stay home for two years. I can't be a senator or play with senators and the president in his personal sandbox. Well, at least that will annoy him. Phil heard a sound of disgust come over the comm. Six dead. That I know of. And he is tucked up in his fancy house in New Detroit, sipping scotch, all warm and comfortable. Tell me again why the charges of trafficking humans were not allowed. Because Bell Coast lies just outside of F.A. territory. And within the open seas, there is no law outlawing enslavement of people. Phil shook his head as he heard how ridiculous the line of reasoning sounded. Well, I tell you, this is really a fucking crap show of a day. Phil thought she sounded tired. He knew he was. Cat, listen, I am so, so sorry. 
Phil put a hand to his forehead and squeezed. Her voice, while taut, carried a tone of surprise. What? Why are you sorry, Phil? You did everything you said you would do. When we talked larger and darker, we just didn't bank on him having such very large, very powerful, and I guess very dark allies. She gave a mirthless laugh. No, you did it your way, and you did yourself proud. And I, for one, am proud of what we were able to accomplish together. I mean, Belcoast is no more. The enslaved from there are free. I wish we had found Carissa. She took a deep breath and gave a growl. If only I'd gone in sooner. But I can guess, in general, where her remains are. He heard her sigh. When the time is right, Phil, and it may be quite a while given the baby, I'll do what needs to be done. My way. Until then, you have my appreciation and my friendship, Philip Reston. Keep fighting the good fight. Phil smiled at the dual pictures he had of Cat, one with a babe to her breast murmuring softly, and another with a knife in her hand, ready to destroy her destroyer. And you have my friendship and respect, Cat Wallace. Talk soon? Absolutely. Phil nodded, clicked off, and set the calm down. What was that quote? Justice delayed is justice denied? What about justice wadded up and thrown into the fire? It was up to his friend the pirate now.